This is Andy Proff, Boxing Social in association with Betfred. I'm glad to be joined by IBF World Super Middleweight Champion Caleb Plant. Caleb, how are you doing? Doing good, doing good. How about yourself? I'm very good, thank you. And it's good, glad to hear that you're doing well and appreciate you giving up your time because you're in a rush. Obviously, we're out here in Vegas ahead of Saturday night. Dante Wilder versus Luis Ortiz. What are your thoughts on the fight? I think it's a great fight. Um, uh, you know, Deontay, huge explosive puncher, athlete, um, got the confidence. Um, no depth that he's not willing to go, but then you got the Cuban School of Boxing, uh, Luis Ortiz, Slick Southpaw, working with my strength and conditioning coach Larry Wade, and uh, stable, mind, stable made of mind with uh, management uh, as far as uh, Luis de Cubas goes. So, man, it's going to be a big fight. I'm excited. How do you see the fight playing out? It'd be hard to say. You know, of course. If Deontay knocks him out, no one's going to be surprised. But how surprised would you be um, if Luis caught Wilder, you know? Um, it happened in the last fight. He wasn't able to get him out of there. He ran out of gas. But like I said, you know, this time around, he's working with my strength and conditioning coach, Larry Wade, who also works with uh, Sean Porter. Everyone, know, everyone knows uh, Sean Porter comes in shape. Uh, Badu Jack. Um, so he's looking trim. He's looking lean. It's going to be an exciting fight. Are you surprised Deontay's decided to face Luis Ortiz, knowing that everybody's waiting for that Tyson Fury rematch, provided Deontay was to be successful on Saturday night, that is? Um, it's risky, but I don't know if I'm a surprise. Um, Deontay, he's got supreme confidence. He believes in himself, and like I said earlier, I don't think there's uh, no depth that he's not willing to go to get his hand raised. And I, there's very few people that I, I would say that about. And... Um, so it's risky, but uh, I'm not super surprised because uh, Deontay, he's, he's a risk taker. Also, I'm on the card, Luis Leo Santa Cruz, sorry, versus uh, Miguel Flores again. Your thoughts on that one, Caleb? Man, another explosive fight. Hard, hard to call because uh, Miguel Flores, he's young, he's hungry. Um, he's got a, a lot riding on this with his brother, um, trying to win the belt for his brother. But how can you count Leo Santa Cruz out of the fight too? So, you know, both punches and bunches. Um, it's going to be fireworks. So I know I'm not giving you much, you know, on what I think on who's going to win. But uh, nevertheless, I think it's going to be a great week, weekend of, uh, of fights. I think it's going to be exciting fights. So I would definitely tune in. I just want to get a word on yourself. Everybody's waiting for an update. Rumors that it's going to be Alfredo Angulo next. Is that going to be true? Uh, maybe. Um, there's actually a few guys that we got, you know, lined up, two or three guys. Uh, two or three dates and two or three places. So we just got to see how it pans out. Um, so, but as soon as we're able to give, you know, let the word out, we definitely will. So, when do you anticipate you'll be able to let us know when you'll be back out? Hmm. Before Christmas, I think before Christmas. So, yeah. I also just want to get a word as well. This Saturday, Callum Smith, another world champion, faces John Ryder. What are your thoughts on that one, Caleb? Um, I think Callum should definitely win that fight. Uh. I think his uh, boxing ability and uh, his fundamentals will carry him through that probably with ease. Um, it's not a huge uh, barn burn or anything like that, but, you know, he's staying busy. He's a champion. And, uh, but, yeah, I think he'll, you know, definitely get his hand raised. Um, and I hope he does. You know, I hope he continues to uh, do well and win so that hopefully, you know, one day, you know, me and him can uh, get it on. Everybody's waiting to see the super midweights all kind of colliding world title unification fights because it's such a stacked division at the top. Yourself, Billy Joe Saunders, obviously Callum and David Benavidez, all world champions. When do you think the likelihood is when we will start to see you guys kind of mix together? Um, 
hopefully next year. I'm hoping that me and David, you know, before before he fought Darrell, he was already had to fight Yildrum after he fought Darrell. So he, he's been locked in with uh, those fights. So, um, you know, I'm trying to uh, get the best fights I can if it's Angulo. Um, you know, maybe some people won't be as happy with that, but everyone wanted to see me and Peter Quillen fight. And look what Angulo did to Peter Quillen. So um, if we do, and it does wind up being him, you know, this is an opportunity that, like I said, if it does happen, that uh, he's earned. Um, there's a lot of people who thought that I wouldn't do what I did against Jose. And, uh, but I earned that shot, and I earned that chance. And um, if it does wind up being him, then he's earned that shot as well. But um, you got to be careful what you get yourself into. Cause... And my final question, out of the other world champions, who do you believe would give you the toughest test and why? Um, they're all great champions for different reasons, you know? Um, that's a tough one. All great champions, different styles. Uh, so I'm going to take that away from you. I'm going to say I'm probably the biggest competition is myself. I think as long as I continue to do what I do, um, stay focused, stay hungry, um, I'm disciplined. I feel like I'm more disciplined than any of those guys. I, I stay close to fight weight. I stay in shape all year round. I'm hungry. Um, and I feel like I got a complete tool set. I can box. I can fight if I have to. I got the heart. I got the grit. I got the chin. Um, I think I'm the full package. Um, and at the same time, I'm only getting better because I only got 19 fights. So uh, I'm only going to continue to get better. Um, but, uh, yeah, a lot of great champions, different styles. Styles make fights. Uh, and hopefully, you know, instead of talking about it on interviews, we'll just be able to show you guys next year and the following. So. Caliban, I know you got to shoot off, so I appreciate your time. Thank you. Speak to myself from Boxing Social. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you, Caleb. I appreciate that. Thank you. This is Umar Ahmed for IFL TV in association with MTK Global, joined by Dan Raphael in Las Vegas. I think it was a couple of weeks ago I was joined here by you for Canelo Kovalev. Um, Dan, do you think we're going to see a, a better Luis Ortiz? I know people talking about his age and it's been nearly two years since that first fight, but the pictures that we've seen, it looks in very good condition. Uh, he might be more motivated, uh, clearly, after losing that first fight. Do you think we might actually see a better Luis Ortiz? I think we will. I think we will. I mean... Uh, you know, I saw the first fight, I covered the first fight, and in talking to Deontay after the fight was made, you know, he's talking about getting a first-round knockout, and you're sort of like, okay, I could see it, you know, maybe it being a little easier than the first fight. But then when I was out here for Kovalev and Canelo, I went to the gym and I watched Ortiz train. And he looked in, I've covered a lot of his fights, he looked definitely in the best shape I've seen him in. I mean, he slimmed down. Um, I give a lot of credit to that. He's got a, a strength and conditioning coach named Larry Wade, who's done a tremendous job. Larry's worked with a lot of good fighters over the years. Right now, one of his main clients is Caleb Plain, who has one of the super middleweight titles. He's worked with a lot of guys. Sean Porter also, yes. Uh, so he's got a good reputation, and uh, you know he really busted uh, Luis's rear end through the training camp, and you know seems to have done a good job. And so, if uh, Luis Ortiz's viewpoint is that he was just uh, maybe a little bit out of gas later in that fight, when he, especially when he had Deontay hurt in round seven. If he has that little extra in him because he's in better shape, then maybe, you know, it can be the difference. But again, I think that Deontay Wilder was a little bit in difficult shape going into that fight. He had the flu. 
Uh, you know, hopefully that's not the case for this fight. So I think they both have reasons to think they might be better in this fight than last time. But I certainly think that Luis Ortiz, with his conditioning, will be better than the first fight. Since that first fight with Luis Ortiz, do you think Deontay Wilder has improved? I mean, I don't know if I say he's improved. He is who he is. I mean, Deontay, uh, he's, he's not going to fool anybody with his boxing skills. He's, you know, he's got enough speed, but he's not hugely fast. But he's got what you want if you're a heavyweight champion. You can knock a guy out with one punch, and that's what he's got. He's had that from day one, and he has that now. Uh, so I can't say he's improved. He's not. He hasn't regressed. I mean, he's not like he's uh, you know over the hill or anything like that. He's still uh, you know arguably the best heavyweight in boxing, um, and I think he'll just be that way again when he sees Luis Ortiz on Saturday. Okay, see what happens in that. Of course, we do expect uh, another rematch if Deontay comes through against uh, Tyson Fury. Ben Davison is here. He'll be a making some notes, I'm sure, on Saturday night. Uh, you must be looking forward to that prospect as well if Deontay comes through. Oh, for sure. I mean, as, as, as good of a fight as uh, Wilder Ortiz 2 is on paper, and I'm interested and excited for it, and same situation with Anthony Joshua's rematch against Andy Ruiz, also a big, huge fight that everybody is anticipating. Uh, you know, I'd be less than honest if I didn't say I was, you know, even more looking forward to the prospect of the rematch with Fury and uh, Deontay Wilder. That'll be a huge fight if uh, Deontay gets through Saturday. Uh, the fight's on for February. How much bigger do you think that rematch will be uh, since the first fight in terms of the pay-per-view buys, in terms of the buzz uh, around on fight week, etc.? It's going to be much, much bigger, much, much bigger. And the reason is, number one, Deontay Wilder and uh, Tyson Fury are bigger names now, both because of what they did in the first fight and the, and the publicity and the events that they've been involved with since, whether it was you know, the, the viral video of Deontay scoring the knockout against uh, Dominic Brazil, or it's Tyson Fury's tremendous uh, fight with Whalen in the cut, or the participation with the WWE, that they've both elevated themselves in the eyes of the public as far as their name recognition. The ESPN deal was massive as well. Of course, and so when the rematch comes around, if everything goes okay for Wilder on Saturday, now you're talking about a monster. And the reason is because Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury 2 is not gonna just be marketed and promoted by ESPN or by Fox, it's gonna be a joint pay-per-view between the two networks. And in the United States, Fox has NFL. They have huge sports events. ESPN has huge sports events, college basketball, the college football playoffs. So all these huge events, NBA, all these big events that are taking place around the time of uh, the buildup to their fight, that's gonna be marketed and promoted to those, those millions, tens of millions of fans who are paying attention to college football playoffs, to the NFL, to the NBA, uh, and you have two giant networks, you know, with very, very heavy investments in sports as well as boxing, getting together to market this fight as one event. And, uh, you know, you know what ESPN can bring to bear on a marketing and a promotion, and we know what Fox can bring to bear. Now just imagine with the two of them together doing the same event, it's going to be a gargantuan monster. It's fair to say uh, the two characters involved with Deontay and Tyson are, are giant as well. Oh, for sure. I mean, obviously, if you don't have the kind of personalities that those guys have it wouldn't mean all that much but because of the muscle marketing wise behind them and the fact that they can deliver when they get in front of the fans or they get in front of the press uh, and they know how to carry themselves it's going to make it a, a tremendous promotion obviously they can just show the highlights from the first fight which is going to intrigue people with the knockdowns and with the exciting moments in that matchup uh, the, the rematch is, is you know pay-per-view wise in this era is probably the biggest pay-per-view that can be made right now. Deontay, of course, has uh, fought previously on, on Showtime uh, many times. 
Now, we saw HBO uh, leave boxing. Where do you think Showtime are? Because this is on now Fox pay-per-view. They obviously paid for the Brazil fight and have taken the pay-per-view fight with Ortiz onto Fox. We've seen Spence Porter, Pacquiao Thurman all on Fox. Uh, we know Javonta Davis still boxes on Showtime, but you know it's fair to say I think they're lacking stars at the moment on Showtime. Where do you see their future in the sport? That's a good question. I mean, right now it's very clear. Uh, you don't need to have anybody say this in a press conference that the PBC and Al Heyman are providing Fox with the, the, the highest profile events uh, relative to what they're providing to Showtime. And uh, that's taken a toll on Showtime, in my opinion, and the quality of the fights that they've been able to show. They've had far fewer events at the top level this year in terms of Showtime Championship boxing than they've had in other years. Uh, but I wouldn't count them out. I mean, they're, they're resilient. They've been in the business for, you know, 40-ish years or 35-plus years. Uh, you know, but you, you, you have to have the athletes and the events and the, and the matchups to, to get that audience. And so I'm not sure where they're going to come from right now. And the main reason is because not for a lack of effort on their part or a lack of even dollars available. It's that the top fights, if, you're, if your partner is PBC and they're only giving you the second-tier type of fights, you're not going to make a deal with Top Rank, the, another big giant provider, because they have an exclusive deal with ESPN. You have Eddie Hearn, who has uh, a, a great stable. He has an exclusive deal in America with The Zone. Same thing with Golden Boy. You know, even in the UK, Frank Warren, for example, his guys are tied up with ESPN. There's not, the point I'm making is there's not a lot of alternatives to get top names on Showtime when most of the outlets I just mentioned, though those promotion outfits, have deals elsewhere. So, you know, they gotta, they got to figure it out. Okay, moving on to Saudi Arabia. Uh, what's your gut instinct telling you, Dan? I've said it after the first fight. I'll set it uh, during the buildup, and I'll say it again. I pick an Anthony Joshua win the fight. I've never wavered on that whatsoever. It's not a knock on Andy Ruiz, although he's looking good in the videos I've seen in terms of the way he's conditioned himself for the rematch. But I just feel like uh, you know Joshua probably took him a little bit too lightly in the first fight, being that nobody really knew what Andy could do. He'd never proven it before, never had an opportunity before. Uh, you know, he got upset. He learned a lesson. Um, they went to school on that first fight, and you know he's got a lot to lose. And I think he's just a better fighter, a better athlete, uh, got more skills. Um, more experience against top opponents, and uh, I think he wants it. And uh, no, again, no knock on, on Andy Ruiz, but I just feel like uh, Joshua gets the job done in the rematch. Now, just lastly, let's clear this thing up about uh, Americans going to Saudi Arabia. How difficult, how easy was it to obtain a visa uh, for Saudi? You're not going. I am not going to the fight. Uh, Why not? Uh, it was just one of those things that uh, again, these are. I don't. You know, people they think that like okay, you know, Dan Rayfield's the boxing writer for ESPN. He goes wherever the heck he wants. No, I, we all have bosses, and I talk to my editors and my bosses all the time about where we're going to travel to. And you know, there's a lot of things that go into uh, making those decisions. I mean, not that I was gung ho like that. I was like, oh, I really, really want to go to Saudi Arabia. I, I wasn't like that. I mean, maybe I could have convinced him if I really pushed, you know, pushed and pressed for it. But uh, they didn't really show a whole huge amount of interest in spending the kind of money that it would take to go to an event like that. Um, but don't worry, we'll still have plenty of coverage on ESPN. I mean, I have talked to the fighters and we've talked to the guys and we've got plenty of stuff in, in store. But, you know, it would be cool to be there, I guess. But uh, at the end of the day, we're not going to be present. Um, you know, it's unfortunate. I get to cover most of the big fights in person. This is one I, I won't be at. Um, as far as how the visa situation goes, you know, because I'm not going, I never really looked into it to explore it. I mean, I certainly have a passport, uh, but I don't know uh, what, what other things you need to do to get yourself to Saudi Arabia. Forgive me for that. I just assumed it's such a massive fight that Dan would be there. So. You would think, but it's, uh, that's, you know, I, to be honest, I don't, there's really, of the, of the main uh, top beat guys that I know in this country, I don't know of anybody that is going.
Dan, thanks for your time on IFL as always, and uh, we look forward to a great night on Saturday. Thanks a lot, appreciate it. Ah, go on, get your recording there. Andrew McCart, IFL TV in association with MTK Global. I'm here with Lewis Ritson in not so sunny Dubai, no, but we can live with that. We can live with it. It's, still nice, it? it's still nice and hot in it, so you you've got a nice tan, I haven't. Um, I don't think so, like this. Hey, Balan, mate. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Uh, over here watching Tommy, Tommy fight, so. Tommy Ward, yeah. Tommy, yeah, a few days training and, and watch the fight, so I'm happy. Good to be out in Dubai. I mean, the, the weather is obviously not what we think it would be, but it's. Uh, no, it was nice. The first couple of days has been raining yesterday and a little bit rain the day, but half a match, been, it's been spot on. 22 days I'm here and it's raining. You brought it. You brought, brought the, you brought the weather, haven't you? you well, I don't mind it. I'm Scottish, man. I don't mind it. It's, it's fine by me. I, I don't like the tan either, so it's all good. Um, Thomas Patrick Ward, I mean, let's talk about him. This is why we're here in Dubai. Um, I think the last four times I've interviewed him, I've, I've said the same thing to him. When is this world title shot coming? When is this world title shot? He says that it's well, my team, my team. Do you think he's ready now? Do you think oh, he deserves it right now? 100% ready. I think uh, I think that should be his next fight now. I think he's been at this level for too long. He's you know he's a big. He's getting big for the super battle weight now. So you'll get this over and done with. And I think his next fight will definitely be world title. And I think he'll I think he'll bring the world title home. What about this, this this venue here in Dubai that he's fighting in? It's a small venue, but it seems to be. I, I like it. Ah, I do. Like it's nice, setup, isn't it? Yeah. It's all like set up, set up nicely, and that. And you know, Tommy's brought 30, 35 over from really? from. Ah, yeah, he's, he's brought a good number over, so you know, it should be it should be a good atmosphere in there for him, and uh, he's going to show everyone why he's world class. Definitely. Well, let's talk about you then. I mean, you, you've come up probably the the biggest fight of your career, probably. Would you say against Robbie Davis Jr. the biggest win? Yeah, biggest win, definitely, in, in, in a good performance and. There's still a lot more to come come from us, so we're happy and we're just going to build on it from there. So what is next then? I mean, we, we, we've spoke a lot since we've been here yesterday and today. Uh, Eddie Hearn mentioned George Taylor. George Taylor came off the, probably the biggest fight of his career. Yeah. Uh, in October, you've got a smile on your face. You know what's coming. I know. Well, at the minute, I'm, I'm a free agent at the minute. Yeah. So I'm just uh, I'm sitting back, letting the team got a few offers in. So I'm just waiting whoever's going to offer us the most money and that's that's what that's, that's all it's all about i've got a little family little little daughter at home who's into horses and into this and into that so horse she wants one sure <laughs> daddy can have a horse for christmas only two so i've uh, i've got i've got to let the dollar signs roll in so who offers me the short, most money it's a short career, it's so a short career right? and uh, you know if you're getting off from life, life changing money we can't we can't knock that back and uh what we were talking about yesterday you know the, the josh taylor fight's a, a win-win for me and a lose-lose for him so you know, if, if if I if I get beat, I was meant to get beat, and if I win, you know, I've pulled off a, a pull off a, a, a shocker. So, and obviously lose with him, he's meant to win if he gets beat. Oh, what's happened, yeah. So, yeah, you know, the, the, the money's got to be outstanding for him. It's got to be good for me. So, we'll, we'll wait and see what we're getting. St James's Park. Come on, come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think that fight. The Jordy's in the jocks. Oh, it'd be mental, wouldn't it? It'd be it'd be crackers, but. You know, I think Josh wants that at world, of a world title there uh, with the Ramirez fighting, and we're just waiting in the wings to see to see what happens. So he, he's the man. I've said it how, how many times I've said he's a special, special fighter, and I'm just sort of 
I'm waiting to see what happens. Definitely. Well, let's talk about like you are a WBA is it continental champion yeah. now after the Robbie Davis fight. Well, we've been ranked number two, haven't we, by the WBA yeah. for the for the, and I think her mentioned something about might be being mandatory or something. So we'll wait and see. I don't know if that's for the regular or for the super, which I think Josh has got the super title now, hasn't he? So where does wait in the wings? You know, I'm put a bit before and I'm just enjoying myself at the moment. Let's see a switch back. Oh, I should have had my shit outfit back on, shouldn't I? That's what you should have done. That's what I should have done. You said you were getting yours. You've let us down, Andy. I'll get up a fight, they don't worry. I was out. I was actually out last night, so. With Josh? No, just a couple of gentlemen. Oh, right. You what? You was with Josh, though. Yeah. Telling people how he's on. I was like that Lewis Richardson man. Honestly, guys, guys, been calling you out all day. I want to battle him, my So, no, but. Yeah, so I'm, I'm just out enjoying myself, training, tr still training over here, and I'm just going to wait and see what's next. Well, we talked about Josh Taylor, but is there any other names out there? I mean, the Robbie Davis win was a, a great win for you, especially yeah. the atmosphere. I mean, you fed off the atmosphere at the, yeah. the arena. I, I could feel you pounding your chest in the tenth, and you know what I mean? And the, with the, when you, you landed a good shot, the crowd were going nuts and stuff like that. So you're coming off a high, you don't want to step back to fight a six rounders, eight rounders. You obviously want a, yeah, a big we, name. Yeah, we're all a massive name. You know, I sell there. Uh, 2064 tickets, you know, I was buying tickets of other fighters, I was still wanted more, you know, and I couldn't and I couldn't get them. So the tickets are just keep going, what I'm selling is keep going up and up and up and I think, you know, soon the Metro Radio might be a bit a little bit too small for us, so but it depends who who's put in front of it, you know. I, We've got to have a name like Robbie Davis or a, or a, a world-class opponent to, to fill that place. There's no point that like you say come back to doing six or eight rounders against people no one's heard of because I, I kind of get rid of the tickets then. I've got to have a name, a bit of, like I say, those classes bad blood. There wasn't really any bad blood, a bit, yeah. a bit of a, a spat between when it got everyone everyone going, you know, and and, and, that, and that's what we need to, and, and, I, and I fed off that. Mm -hmm. Do you, you fit the, you're obviously putting a great performance there, but do you feed off that sort of, you're a nice guy, but see when somebody's in your face and doing that as a fighter, do you like think, ah, let's get, it gives you that extra 5% no, or whatever? No, of course it does, you know, like, I, I keep saying, but, you know, we're fighting, I'm in the gym, we're fighting men, I'm, you know, like, if you if you kind of fight, you don't get in Fano's gym, you know, like, you, mm. like you're showing the door, and, and uh, you know, we've got me, Fano, Dave Garside's in there, who manages Tommy, young Tommy, and, uh, and Martin, and walk and fight, you know, and, and, uh, if somebody comes in your face like like a bit like Robbie was, we love it. We feed off it, and that's the type of bloke I am when I'm in there. When I when I'm out the ring, I'm I'm a nice happy, jolly lad. But when I'm in there, the other side comes out. Come on, guys. So it's uh, you know that's what we're all about, and, it, and it's good. But we need fights like that for the for the for the Jordies to get behind us and the the public uh, catches the public's imagination, doesn't it? Uh, you doing much training since you've been out here? Yeah, well, I've been doing Liar. twice a day. Twice a day. <laughs> I'm been sitting by like oh, well, I had one day sitting by the beach, but then hasn't done as much good. Uh, you know what I mean? So <laughs> I've been uh, I've been running around Dubai and we've got a boxing gym. We've been doing ten rounds on the pads and ten rounds on the bag and stuff. So been training well, just. Train hard, but eating hard as well. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Quite, <laughs> listen, quite right. Enjoy your life while you're not. Yeah, you've got to have new. So, uh, Fano wants us back in the gym full time when we get back. So, get a few more cakes down as before I go home. Yeah, and a then beers as well. You're, you're do you know what? Four and a half years sober. Oh really? Four and a half years sober. So, I'm going to keep that after. Yeah, quite right. Well done. Quite right. So I'm. Uh, I don't like waking up with that hangover, so... Oh, mate, well, that's my... You were in tees yesterday, you would have woke up a rough, oh, would well, you? Well, I was home by half eleven. Go on, Team Wardwood! Go on, Team I was in bed by half ten last night, just with the jet lag, I was absolutely shattered, so... Then we missed my ride here, so it's all good. But, as always, before we go back to the show, it's never a pleasure, my friend. Thanks for having me.
This is Umar Ahmed for IFL TV and Association for MTK Global. Tell me about what you're drinking, Carl. I'm having a, a sweet vanilla cream cold brew, which sounds like it's going to be very calorific, but it's there's only 70 calories in it, so my weight's good. I can afford to have a wee 70 calorie drink. It's very, very nice. Of course, yeah, at Super Featherweight. Um, talk to me about the fight, Tyler McCreary. Don't know too much about him. What can you tell me about him? He's not a bad fighter. He's um, he's a lot taller than me, but that's normal. Um, he's got a good job. He he's very fast with his job. Um, he's not a bad fighter. It might be difficult again to get past that for a while, but he's he's a decent fighter. Decent fighter, but I feel like you know what I want to still do in this game. I you know I want to be a world champion, and I should be. I should be beating boys like this and beating them convincingly. Can I say one more thing about him though? I've seen a lot of stuff recently in the press where I think he's kind of suggesting that I've overlooked him. And I think it's a little bit of a comfort blanket for him. Whereas maybe sleeping easier at night, hoping and actually believing that I am, I'm looking past him and looking at guys like Jamel Hurrain or Oscar Valdez, but I'm not. I'm fully focused on this guy. And uh, I just want him to know that. that I have not, every single, every single training session I've had has been focused on Taylor McCreary and no one else. What, have you made some comments that might suggest to him that you are overlooking him more? No, what, what happens is you come and do interviews, people talk to you about future fights and I say... Which is exactly what I'm going to do later on. Well, I, I, I answer the questions but I don't bring it up, you know, I just answer the questions when people talk about future opponents. So that's, uh, I think that's why he's believing that I'm overlooking him but he's got it wrong. Um, back in Las Vegas, uh, a place you know well. Happy to be back here. Yeah, I, I love Vegas to be honest. Um, I've only fought here once before and I lost a fight. It's a good fight, but um, I lost. And um, but I enjoyed my time out here. I was here for four weeks when I was in Vegas the first time. This time it'll be about four weeks from start to finish um, until I leave and go home. So um, it's difficult, obviously, leaving the, my wife and kids and stuff behind and. But I feel like it's, it's beneficial for me. Like I'm still two weeks. I've been here now, and I'm still waking up pretty early in the morning. So not completely over the jet lag like yet. So I need give me another few days, and I'll be completely over that. I think. You must be going to sleep early, right? I'm going to sleep earlier. Um, waking up very early, which isn't a bad thing. But I'm going to be fighting probably around ten o'clock. So I'll still need to adjust a little bit. Your highlights uh, against Santa Cruz were actually all over the MGM today. What are they? Sorry. They're only showing the spots where Santa Cruz is doing well. Probably, well the, the, probably the one that he won, all the highlights, oh, I see. Leave out the good bit in, in New York. But um, yeah, that fight, don't know if that fight's ever going to happen again, if I'm being honest. So um, not for the want to try. And I've, you know, I've told him I, I'm happy to take that fight. I'm happy to take it in LA. Um, but be a bit of a shame because I don't think it ever will happen. Yeah, he fights Miguel Flores this Saturday night. I spoke to Josh Warrington about uh, Santa Cruz as well and Frank Warren says the same thing, that they're just not interested, they don't get back. Is that the same uh, from your case? Has there been any offers put to them? Um, I don't think there's been any official offers, but when I was with Cyclone Promotions at, at the time, I think they knew that I wanted that fight. Uh, I'm talking about Santa Cruz and Al Haven, they knew they wanted the fight, but... Um, I feel like the first two the first two fights happened back to back. 
The third fight probably should have happened straight after the the second one, um, but for whatever reason it didn't happen. I, I just believe it's a shame. You know what I mean? It's like the trilogy fight. It could have been. I think our styles clash very well, and the first two fights were very good. This could have been. We could have fought four times. You know, it didn't have to stop at three, but. I just have a feeling that the third fight will never come. I think for the pair of you, you both achieved so much in the game, but the, the two fights between yourselves really like were kind of the, the mega fights of your career because they were so good. And as you said, the, the styles were generally well. So it's a shame it sounds like that trilogy won't happen. Absolutely. And um, yeah, like again, I, I not for the want of trying. I've, I've tried. I, they know I'm open to that fight and they know I have been open to that fight, but um, for whatever reason, they choose to take uh, other routes. Another name that I've heard uh, associated with you is Jamel Herring. I think you did a, a media day uh, with Oscar Valdez. We'll come on to him as well. But yeah, someone that you're very keen on fighting. Yeah, um, I think that he's matching my name quite a lot. Um, it's a fight that I'm interested in definitely. It would give me the chance to become a three-weight world champion and, and Ireland's only ever three-weight world champion. I feel like it's a weight. Not that I'm not... I can make featherweight, you know, I can do it, not comfortably, but I can make it. No one's really comfortable at the weight, but um, I feel like I'd be much more comfortable as a super featherweight, um, stronger, um, and it may suit me more, um, but the hurrying fight definitely interests me. We could do it in, on the East Coast. I would have a lot of fans there. Obviously, he's from New York. He would have a lot of fans himself. I think it would be both top-ranked fights. It's an easy fight to make. I think it could be... It could be done. He seems interested and I'm definitely very interested. How was the uh, day with Oscar Valdez? Very nice. Um, first time I met Oscar, uh, and a real nice guy. Um, I thought he was bigger, you know. Um, although he's a little bit taller than me, but not, you know, a big, chunky guy. But I thought he was, I thought he was a bit bigger in, in, in the flesh. But um, he's a nice guy and a, and a quality fighter and someone who I like to watch fighting. Like, I'm... He's an exciting style. I think a lot, you know boxing fans across the world love his style. Um, you can see that he's trying to do new things with the Renosos and he's trying to be a little bit more defensive. But um, yeah, he's a he's a he's a quality fighter. So again, not looking past Tyler, and you've made that clear because he thinks you are looking past him. But it seems like next year there's two top-ranked fighters out there, in Oscar and Jamel, which are going to be the likely options for you. I think so. Um, yeah, look, I, what I wanted, this fight's at a catch weight of 128, so it gives, it gives me the option of going to 130 or going to 126, and I just want to fight a champion in my, in my next fight, so whether that's at 126 or 130 pounds, it, it doesn't matter, but the hurrying fight's very appealing to me, but if I can't fight a champion, I think the next best thing would be an Oscar Valdez fight, because it would still be a, a huge fight. Now, all your fans across the world will want to know the answer to this question. Are you staying away from big obstacles and big objects? Well, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm in a house at the minute. I haven't moved in the hotel. Everyone's talking about that. and um, There's no way anything like that could happen again, could it? So, um, no, I mean, your luck, though. Um, like it hasn't been a great year in terms of luck for me, but it has to change at some point, and I feel like it's coming on the, on the 30th of November. Right, did you see uh, your good mate Chris Lloyd get pranked about the uh, commentary for before in Nui Denair? Darren Barker said that he wouldn't be on it. What did you make of it? I, no, I thought it was... Uh, he, he actually sent me it, so Chris did. Um, I thought of, I kind of knew a little bit about the background and stuff. So it was probably funnier for me than anyone else just watching in. So 
was it was funny. Yeah, he took it and he he took it well. Chris is a great guy, but it was it was a good one. Like the the pull the, the pull the wheel over his eyes definitely. Been doing that podcast with him for quite a while now. Yeah. Is that something? you want to continue with or do you want to just work in boxing simply once you're done with your career um i think so look it's it was offered to me and you know i when when we had the discussions i wanted to make it clear that i'm still a boxer i'm first and foremost that is my job and this was a good thing to keep me kind of busy in between camps and stuff so the people at joe they know that um the people at 32 red who sponsored the show they knew that as well and but i enjoy it like it's 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 really enjoyable. We get some of the top boxers across the UK and across the world, um, top characters coming on. And to be honest, I don't really have to do a lot. Like Chris Lloyd is brilliant, and he's he's a very good pundit. He knows the game. He does all the research, and I just I just butt in every now and again. So it's like it's the easiest job in the world for me. And but I do really enjoy it. To be fair, you made a very good point before the Inouye Denair fight. I think. Majority of the boxing world thought anyway was just going and blitz him. People laughed at me when I said Denner had a chance, and I genuinely believed that. And then, although he lost the fight, it was competitive and it was a very good fight. And I don't think people give Denner the respect that he deserved. And, and my my rationale behind it was, I know Denner's older, but I've been in the ring with him and I felt his punching power. And he can definitely punch. I saw him at 118 where he looked more dangerous. He's fighting the guy Anui, who's just coming up into that division. He's like Daenerys fought big men and taking big men out before. I just thought like whoever lands in this fight it could be lights out and it wasn't the be, it went the distance. Um, but I, I knew it was gonna be a very competitive fight and people kinda of laughed at me when I when I said that, but I, I, I was I probably said it with a little bit of bass because me and Nanito are, are friends now, but I was I was hundred percent serious. Now, I know Inoue was going up in weight, etc., but he is considered top five, I'd say, by a lot, if not definitely top ten by all, pound for pound. Um, and you kind of outclassed in there, really. So does that make your win much better now, looking back at it? Well, yeah, potentially, but, look, different, you know, different fighters and different fights, it's... I think that people have said that and have suggested that it makes my winning against Denner a little bit better. Even when I fought Denner at the time, people had said he's over the hill, he's finished, blah, blah, blah. But then he's went and put in this performance against Anui and got to the final of the Super Series. Um, without sounding disrespectful to Nido, he did hurt me in the 11th round, but I felt comfortable in that fight. But he's, Nanito isn't a 126 guy. Like, he's... He suited the 118. He's very, very dangerous for anyone at 118 pounds. Um, I was just a, a bigger man on the night, but it was a it was a comfortable night for me. Carl, quickly want to get your thoughts on a potential situation where we could see Kid Galahad become mandatory for the IBF title for Josh Warren's title again. Uh, I think he's got to eliminate within 70 more days. If wins that, he will be mandatory for the IBF belt. Do you think that's correct? Do you think? What are your thoughts on it? Uh, I don't know really. It's, it's nothing really to do with me. That's the IBF ruling. It's, uh, him and Kid Galhard and Josh Warrington was a pretty com- competitive fight. If I was Josh Warrington, I wouldn't want to go anywhere near that fight. If I was Frank Warren, I would say exactly the same. It was a bit of a damp squib. I give it to Warrington. I know a lot of people had Galahad win it, but I actually give the fight to Josh. But I think that I think that if I was him, I would look elsewhere and, and try and you know. 
get in, the, in their position where I can fight for unification fights and just have bigger fights. Um, I think people would rather see me in Warrington again rather than me, uh, Warrington and Kid Galahad. So, but like, it is what it is. If he gets into that position, if Kid Galahad gets into the position where he's mandatory and Warrington's forced to fight him, he's going to have to fight him or, or vacate. Well, God willing, you get your title shots with either Jamal or Oscar Valdez. But if they don't come off, I'm sure third on the list is that Josh Warrington rematch in the UK. That would be a huge fight. And look, I'm not going to start talking about Warrington beat me convincingly. Um, I've had two defeats in my career, one to Santa Cruz and one to Warrington. And Warrington's um, win was a lot more convincing than Leo's. So... Um, I don't want to be like you know calling Josh Warrington out. He won the fight for Aaron Square. I need to get myself in the position, win another couple of fights before I start mentioning that. But I do believe, still in my heart of hearts, if I change things and box differently and go into the fight with a different mindset, knowing that he can hurt me, I can, I can, I can win that fight. Like I genuinely believe that. But Josh is a nice guy. I like his team. I like him. I wish him well. I hope that he does get a unification fight because he, he deserves it. Okay, now Carl, you don't have to speak about this, but a few weeks ago we did see that thing on Twitter with you and George Groves. Do you want to make a comment on, on the situation? There was a reason why. I, and if you watch it, I didn't really say that he was a quitter. Do I think George Groves is a quitter? No, I don't. But I was digging him out, and I feel like it was right to dig him out. Um, there was a reason why I done it, but I'm going to explain that on my next podcast. So tune in. But um, you know, I got a little bit of stick for the comments that I made, but there was there was absolute reason, and I and I feel absolutely justified in why I wanted to dig him out. He's annoyed me a little bit in things he's done and said, and uh, I'll I'll let people know what happened really. Um, so yeah. Just the last one on that. What did you make of his response on Twitter? His response, um, well, he, he spot the he spot the dummy out, didn't he? Yeah, it was a bit, it was a bit mad. Um, yeah, a bit mad. He said he said it was jealous. I'm not jealous. You know, I don't I don't have a lot to be jealous of George about. Someone said the other day maybe his height, fair point. But apart from that, um, yeah, I don't I don't really have anything to be jealous about George Groves. It was just a bit of a. It was like a bit, bit, bit of a childish reaction, I thought. But look, it obviously angered him. It is what it is. Um, you know, he vented on social media. That no big deal. Okay. On a slightly more positive note, we have Akib Fiaz over there. Uh, someone I'm sure you've done many rounds with. Jamie sings his praises. How good is he? Quality, quality fighter, um, and improving all the time. We got him in as a 19-year-old kid. Um, for in preparation for the Warrington fight, and, and I knew then that he could be a like he was going to be a very good pro. Um, he's only 20 years old, and he's you know he's given me very very good work. He's done some sparring with Stephen Fulton as well, IBO world champion, who's highly ranked with the other organisations, um, and it was a quality spar like you would pay to watch. So um, he's very good. He's got his head screwed on as well for a young kid, so he knows what he's doing. I think he'll go very far in this sport. All right, Carl Frampton, thank you very much for your time uh, here in Las Vegas. Wish you the best of luck uh, ahead of your clash coming up. And uh, is there anything you want to add? What's that? 
Anything you want to add, Carl? I, every, I don't know what to say with this part. Coogan always says anything else you want to say. I don't know what to say. So Message to your fans. Uh, uh, thanks for all the support, as always. This is Andy Peroff, Boxing Social in association with Betfred and I'm Blob Jumbo Fun World Champion Carl Frampton. Carl, out here in Las Vegas, but how are you doing? I'm doing okay, yeah, looking forward, getting close to a fight now, looking forward to uh, fight week and the run-up and the build-up and yeah, been a long time out of the ring now for me, so looking forward to fighting too. Obviously, you've just mentioned being a long time out of the ring. I spoke to Jamie about, about how, trying to manage your hand injury that you suffered in. Well, it was fight week against uh, Dominguez, which that, that fight had to be cancelled. How have you found trying to manage that with a little overlap into this camp? It's been okay. I've uh, obviously had to take a bit of a break off and had a look at and the fracture wasn't, it was like a straight crack across it, so it wasn't like shattered or anything like that. It could have been a lot worse. A little bit of nerve damage as well in this part of my hand, but um, I've been able to deal with it. Look, I took some time off and then I went on the holiday with my family. I started to run. Um, I started to come in and punch late and hit paddles for a long time in camp and I waited until the right time. Well, I felt that it was right to start sparring and uh, yeah, we've, we've managed it pretty well. Mentally, how was he trying to deal with that? I'm sure through other injuries or through the defeats in your career, that, that would probably be more difficult for you to deal with. But. We've, we spoke about you know it was your son's birthday the other day he was away and you couldn't be with him and you've missed other occasions through your career because you've had to travel away for work you know you was prepared for that fight it was fight week you spent time away again you spent money as well in camp mentally how was it trying to deal with that um, mentally it was probably harder to deal with defeats if I'm being honest but it still wasn't easy to deal with and, and the main thing for me was it happened kind of fight week. I was away from my family. Kids were off school over the summer holidays and we could have been away doing whatever, you know, making memories with the kids and having plenty of holidays and we didn't because I was I was training for a fight that, that never happened and obviously money money down the drain and everything else but I was angry, you know, I was angry for a while but I'm over it now. Like what can you do? I kinda laugh about it now. It's like the complete like if it didn't happen to me, I wouldn't have believed it. And I can see why people don't believe it. There's still, still some doubters that think it didn't happen, but um, look, it is what it is, and it's happened. I just have to move on, and uh, there's nothing I can do about it anymore. I know you've, you've still got that ambition to fight for another world title, or you still want to move towards that, but is that the one thing that when you do decide to hang up the gloves, you're looking forward to most being able to enjoy your life with your family? That's why I'm doing everything I'm doing at this point in time. That's why I'm making these sacrifices and the sacrifice of being along, away from my family for such a long time. Um, you know, from start to finish, the you know the camp that we're in in Vegas going to be four. I'm going to be four weeks without seeing my kids. I've missed my young lad's birthday and other big important milestones that I've missed throughout my career. But I'm doing it for a reason, and I'm doing it because you know, there's guys who go in the nine to fives and and they're working until they're 65 or 70 years old. I don't want to have to do that. I want to 
I want to be someone who can retire before I'm 35 years old and spend the rest of my life with my wife and kids and that's why I'm making the sacrifices now. Obviously, you make the sacrifices now, and at the minute you're out in Vegas preparing for next Saturday night, Tyler McCreary, just talk to him about the fight and what you know about him. He's a good fighter, and um, he's a young, hungry fighter, undefeated. He's tall. Um, he has a good, fast job. Kind of a slick, kind of reminds you of like a Philly-style fighter. Um, and he's not a bad fighter at all. And I know I'm a big favourite going into this fight, and I've seen some things where... He's kind of suggested that I'm overlooking him, which isn't the case. And I think he's probably got that because I've, I've talked about future fights, but I talk about potential future fights when I'm asked a question about the potential future fights. So I don't bring up these potential future opponents. I'm fully focused on Taylor McCreary at this point in time. Every session I've done in the gym has been focused on Taylor McCreary. So um, I think it's a bit of a comfort blanket for him. He's sleeping easy at night, hoping that I have overlooked him. But he's got it wrong. I'm, I'm ready to put in a performance here and, and show people that I've got a lot in this division. Like, I don't want to just beat this guy. I want to, I want to knock him out. Like, I want to do it in style. I want to take him out by the roots, and I think, I think I'm going to do it. Do you feel like, and for as stupid as this might sound when I say, but on Saturday because of the injury layoff, because of the time away from the sport, you kind of want to blow off some steam when you get into the ring with him as well. Absolutely. Um, and although it hasn't, you know, it's been almost, it'll be almost a year since the last time I fought and my last fight was a defeat to Josh Warrington, I had, but I, I've had that training camp in the middle, so it hasn't, I haven't been sitting idle the whole year, I've been doing things, I've been keeping busy, um, but certainly I want to get in the ring and blow off steam and show people that I'm still a big player in the featherweight or super featherweight division and, and I'm ready to fight a champion after I beat Taylor McCreary. Now, this is your first fight at Superfeather. I spoke to Jamie, he says he can kind of see you floating between Eva comfortably. If it was up to you and you could settle at one weight division, what would it be? Um, probably 139 because it gives me a chance of becoming a three-weight world champion. Um, There's obviously an extra four pound to play with, which is always a bit easier when making weight. And I feel like I'd be stronger at it, but in saying that, I can still do featherweight. I can still do it okay. So I want to fight for a world title in my third division. I think top rank will make that happen after my next fight, but I need to beat Taylor McCreary first. Now, one man who's had a lot of links to Archie Sharp, who's the WBO world champion, Jamal Herring. Is that a fight which you, you, you've kind of maybe had a word with yourself, with Bob Arum about? Yeah, I spoke to him about it briefly enough, but Bob is confident that, that we can make the Herring fight. So I've said I'm keen. I think Jamal Herring is keen for it. But again, I have to get past this guy on uh, on the 30th or that fight just falls apart. Now another man who I know you know well who's fighting this weekend, Leo Santa Cruz faces Miguel Flores. Firstly, just what are your thoughts on his attempt to become a four-weight world champion? Yeah, well, it's a strange one. He's, is it the WBO title he's fighting for? WBA. WBA. There is a WBA champion, isn't there, though? No, because uh, Javante Davis vacated to move to the right. So who's your man, uh, Cunts? Can't see, see, see not the champion. So I don't know what's happened. Well, it's all a bit, it's all a bit strange anyway. So he's moved into a new division, but he's fighting a featherweight coming up. So he's not even fighting one of the top guys in that division. A little bit strange, but um, 
Look, it is what it is, and you get these opportunities and you take it. And, and Leo's been well looked after by his team. And um, you know, I, I like Leo. I mean, him get on well. I'm, I'm obviously, you know, just sort of taste in my mouth that the third fight never happened and hasn't happened yet. I don't think it ever will happen. But yeah, that's through really no fault of my own. Like I've, I've told him I'm open to that fight. I've told him I travel to LA. They know that. But yet to shame. About to ask is that is that the one fight if it doesn't happen again you know if you don't have that trilogy fight for however long you see yourself boxing for from now on we look back with even though there's nothing you could have done just regret that you just didn't have the chance to have a trilogy with him no because I've tried and I know it's not as if I've been dodging it or floating around it and saying I don't want to fight this guy I have tried to fight Leo Santa Cruz and they, they know that you know what I mean I've, I've been open to it and I want to have that fight I think that could have been one where me and Leo fought four times, maybe five times, and the rivalry was that good, and we were that well matched with each other. But yeah, um, for whatever reason, it hasn't happened. But yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a sour taste in my mouth. But I know I've done everything to try and make that happen, and I've, I've left myself available to have that fight. Yeah, not my fault. We saw how big the first fight was, and the second fight rematch was even bigger. Just how big would or would a third fight be, or would it have been if it had happened after the second? I still think it's a huge fight. I think it would have been it would have been the, at its biggest straight after the second fight. Um, me and him could have just fought each other the rest of our career, and people would have enjoyed it. But yeah, uh, it's still a big fight. But I, I'm not. I'm not really. You know, I don't want to talk about that too much anymore because I just genuinely don't think it's going to happen. I have other options. The Hurrying the fight is a bigger opportunity for me to become a three-weight world champion. Ireland's only ever. Um, it could happen. Um, I believe it could happen. Do I ever believe a Leo Santa Cruz fight will happen again? No. Moving away from Santa Cruz then, because I obviously don't want to talk about it too much. And onto one of your campmates, just a bit of an intriguing thing that's popped into me. Jack Cattrall, obviously WBO mandatory, waiting for his chance to face Jose Ramirez. But one of your old campmates, Josh Taylor, defeating Regis Progray. Firstly, what was your thoughts on his victory in the World Boxing Super Series final? What a performance, what a fight as well. Like Just like the other final in Inui and, and Denner, the skill level on show was like right up here. Um, two quality fighters, but um, Josh won the fight. I fancied him to win the fight. I knew it was going to be difficult. I like Progre. I like his style as well. Like I like watching him. I think, I think that his stock's probably risen too after that, even though he lost the fight. But Josh Taylor is on top of the world at the minute. He's uh, one of the most exciting fighters on the planet. Very good fighter and a good friend of mine. So um, I think that I'm excited to see what happens next for Josh. How do you think Jack would fare against Josh? It's a very hard question for me because both guys are my friends. I spoke to Jamie Moore about this about 30 minutes ago. Well, probably an hour ago. And um, I said, look, when the questions get asked to me, if Josh and Jack ever do fight, I'll not be able to make comment because both guys are my friends. So I'm going to say nothing on that. Keep tight-lipped, but... I think two quality fighters will be a very, very good fight. And then obviously moving away from the 140 division and to a couple of fights which are coming up. Walder Ortiz this weekend, your thoughts on their rematch? It's a risky fight for Wilder considering the Fury fight's there and it's it's done apparently and it's it's going to happen in, in the, at the start of next year. So 
definitely a risky fight, but in saying that, Ortiz looks like he's in good shape, but in, in saying that, um, I think Wilder takes him out earlier this time than he did the last time. You just mentioned Tyson Fury there as well. What did you make of his little stint in the WWE? Uh, look, Fury's just a big showman. It's not, it's, it's not for me to say anything about what he wants to do outside the boxing ring, but he's made an absolute fortune doing it. He's raised his profile massively, so uh, yeah, I don't think it's a bad idea at all. Would you fancy having something like that in your career down the line? I doubt it. Uh, I think my, my kids would like me to, to get involved, but a um, couple of things. I'm not big enough. I'm not a big enough name either. Um, you never know, when you retire, you can eat whatever you want, Minkal, so you can pack the pounds on. I don't know. I don't know about that. I just don't think uh, it's not really my cup of tea. And just as well, because you mentioned it, there's that talk of a rematch next year between Wilder Fury. What are your thoughts on it? Oh, we'll stop. Well, picking this back up here because security has come and booted us out and they're following us around, so we'll try and end this very quickly, Carl. Um, we were just talking about a possible World of rematch next year. What are your thoughts on it if that is to happen in February? I think it's a very good fight. I, like, I think the rest of the world thought the Fury won the first fight, but I see the next fight being different. I still fancy Fury in the fight, but I think Wilder will be a bit more gung-ho, knowing that he can hurt Fury. He's knocked him down twice, but Fury's powers of recovery. Like I, I don't know. Like he was asleep on the floor. It's like I don't know how he got up from that, but he did. Um, that is a huge fight, absolutely huge fight. I fancy Fury, but I don't think it's going to be. I think although it was called a draw, I think Fury will win the next fight, but it'll be even tighter than the first one. And finally, just a matter of about two and a half weeks out now from Saudi Arabia, where Andrew Ruiz will defend his unified world titles against Anthony Joshua in a rematch. Again, your thoughts on that one, Carl? It's a good fight, um, a very good fight. If I was AJ, I would have probably taken another fight and knocked someone out, got my confidence back. But he's going straight in this fight again, in this rematch. And Ruiz, there's got to be a lot of demons. Mentally, he's going to have to be very strong. Um, I'm not sure how. I don't know. I, I I see someone getting knocked out. I think if I was going to put money on anything, it would be that the fight doesn't go 12 rounds. It's kind of one of these ones who ever lands first. But Ruiz is a very good fighter, very fast hands. Potentially has the wrong style for AJ. Um, I think Ruiz against Joshua, or sorry, Ruiz against Fury. Like Fury boxed ahead of him. I think Wilder beats Ruiz, but styles make fights, as the old saying goes. It's a hard one to call. If you put a gun to my head, I would say AJ by KO, but I'm not sure. And my final question before you and Stephen have to swap over duties and you have to keep an eye out for security. Which, which fight, in your opinion, is bigger for the heavyweight division and for boxing? Wilder Fury 2 or Ruiz Joshua 2? Oh, I don't know. I'd say, I think they're both as big as each other. Um, two massive fights, two huge fights. Each one can probably share the number one in the division, but... Um, is what it is and we're caught by yeah, we're we'll caught by security Carl thanks for being myself and Boxing Social no problem all the best man. cheers Carl thank you